The devil came after Jesus. Lord knows he's going to come after me. You're looking for God? I'll tell you how God usually shows up. It ain't when the skies open up. It ain't when the church doors open up. God shows up in ordinary people. In ordinary ways. I'll be on the screen in front of you. And in keeping with the practice for this morning of lots of people being involved in worship, I would like us to read it together. It will be Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, and we will go through the 25th verse. And so if you want to find that in your own copy of the Bible, please do so. But I would like us to read this translation together. Verse 13 of Galatians chapter 5. Let's start with that word for. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. Ye shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the Spirit, and what the Spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, angers, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Question. Do circumstances create the person or do circumstances reveal the person do circumstances create the person or do they reveal the person and as with most questions that are worth asking this is not an easy one to answer if you want me to give you a plain answer I personally don't like the answer well it's both even though most of the time that's true but if you want me to give you a plain and simple answer I favor the latter that circumstances do not create as much as they do reveal. And as evidence, I would point to someone who has great blessing and great happiness given to them, and they wind up being a miserable person. And I would point you to someone who says amazingly that cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'll tell you one thing. Though. So if I want to live in ignorance, I choose to live in ignorance. And if I want to learn to live in knowledge, then I will live in knowledge. And if I want to live in a way that is loving and caring, then I will choose that way. 
If I want to reach out and receive happiness, I will do that. And if I want to live a miserable life, I will choose to do that. So what's it mean for us? This thing about the fruit of the Spirit. And what does it mean, this choosing of life? Two or three thoughts to help us along the way in this journey of life for those who claim to be followers of Jesus, for those in this room who may be wondering what does it mean to follow Jesus, and for everyone else in between. And the first is this. Life is much easier if you believe you are loved by God. Not because of anything you do, not because of anything you say, not because you get it right all the time, not because you hit the nail on the head every single time, but simply because that is the way things are. For those of us who believe that we are loved by God, I am loved with an everlasting love, I am drawn with love's strong cords. For those of us who believe that God is love, and therefore each of us in this room and each of us that are listening and watching are loved, not because we are perfect, but because that's just the way God is, life, basically, I believe, will be much easier. Because, bless you, because you will not have to prove yourself it will take care of a lot of things. It will take care of feeling like you have to prove yourself. It will take care of competitiveness. And it will take care of a lot of the other devils that we deal with. Simply because in the bedrock of your being, you are convinced by love. Not a feeling, but more. A choice. If you are convinced, and if I am convinced, that God loves me, that God loves you, simply because that's how God is, then life will be a lot easier and you will not go through life feeling like you have to earn God's approval. And it works this way in all of life. Did you know that you work a lot better when you're appreciated on the job? Did you know that your relationships go a whole lot better when both of you are convinced that you are there for each other? It's the same way with life in the Spirit. And when you believe, as we were just singing, that God is for me, not against me. If you believe that God loves you simply because you are, then life will be much easier. You said, are you convinced? Yes, I am. There are many things I am not convinced of. Is the discrepancy between wealth greater now than it was in Mark Twain's day? Now, I'm not sure about that because I haven't done an actuarial study of it. Or what? Is our political system the best that we can hope for? I'm not positive of that. Now I'm a child of democracy. There are a lot of things I'm not sure of, but there, is at least, there are at least two or three things that I am absolutely certain of, of in my soul, and this is one of them. That God loves me not because I've arrived, but because that's the way God is. And I can give you a lot of reasons why. I'll tell you one reason why. And it's the face of Corey Tin Boone when she was an elderly woman. And if you don't know her, you need to know about her. Who lived through and witnessed more hell than most of us will have to know in our entire lifetime. Simply because she and her family believed that it was their responsibility to love Jews in Nazi Germany. And when she came out of the prison camp and before she died, she still had a smile on her face and she still had a twinkle in her eye. And she said, when you are going through the tunnel, you trust for the driver, you trust for the engineer to take you through to the other side. Life will be a lot easier if you and I believe that we are accepted, that we are loved, that we are beloved children of God simply because that's the way it is. 
And it will make it much easier to deal with things like this. Most things in life do not happen automatically. You say, wait a minute, didn't Jesus do things automatically? Didn't He put eyes in a blind man? Didn't He put ears in a deaf man? He did, but there's at least one thing that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the miracle worker, the healer, did not do for anybody. And that is put the ends of life together so those people did not have to go through the process of living. The blind man who could see, the deaf man who could hear, and even Lazarus who was brought back from the dead still had to go through what? The process of living. And so nothing in life happens. Almost nothing in life happens automatically. There is a process of going from A to B which simply means when I see something that I need to do or more when I see something good that I want. Most of the time it happens because I'm willing to do what? You see the fruit of the Spirit and you said, I want the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you say, I need that. I want that. Well, let me tell you how it happens. It happens when you and I begin to work with the Spirit. You and I cannot do it without the Spirit. The Spirit, for some reason, will not do it without us. And so this cooperation to do it with the Spirit... You say, is the Spirit with me when I'm doing my lessons in school? You better believe it. I would much rather know my sums and know my alphabet and know a thing or two about history and philosophy than to have the alternative. I would much rather have knowledge than not have knowledge. And I will tell you this, if your faith cannot stand up to knowledge, then you better go back to the well and get the real thing. Because any faith worth its salt will be able to stand in the midst of contradictions and say, tell me what you believe. Tell me what it is that you think. Tell me how it is that you feel. And then very humbly be able to say, well, let me give you my way. It's the dictator. It's the unbeliever who says, it's got to be my way or it can't be any way at all. I don't know why I got on that jag. I'm telling you though, you better get a hold of it. If Jesus himself would not force anyone to come, what makes us think that we can, by all our great intelligence or worse, by our force, make people do what it is that we want them to do? Someone said the other day, you beat a dog long enough, you're not going to convince the dog of anything. The dog's just going to figure out it doesn't make any difference. What I do, might as well just go ahead and what? That's why all that junk doesn't work. You're not winning somebody. You're doing the opposite. What were we talking about? Working with the Spirit. Working with the Spirit in school, at work, out on the streets, sometimes in church even, to work with. It is the great compliment where God Almighty says, I want to do it what? With you. No one comes to Jesus, no one grows in Jesus, and no one takes a step forward in faith without that one saying, okay, now God, I am willing. You can have a banquet table in front of you, but if you will not take up the fork and eat it, you might as well not even have food there at all. And that's what the song that we were singing about, and that's what the scripture that we're reading about is saying to us. There is a banquet full of the fruit of the Spirit that not only can fill you up, but can nourish the world. But the one thing that has to happen is I have to say, I'm sick and tired of doing things my own way, and I want to learn another way. God will do it with us. 
and it will not happen automatically. And so you say, why don't, why don't I grow spiritually? Yeah, I, well, I can tell you, and I'll look down while I'm saying it, just because you're not putting in the effort. 45, 50 minutes in church isn't going to cut it, brothers and sisters. You say, why doesn't our church grow? Well, I don't know. There are a lot of answers. Living in a tough place, living in tough economic times, but I'll tell you what. A church that is committed to the fruit of the Spirit will grow. You will not be able to keep the people away when people suddenly recognize what? Maybe there is some love. Maybe there is some joy. Maybe there is some peace. A church that is full of that. And it happens individually and it happens collectively when the church says we are willing to figure out what it means to work with the Spirit of the living God. And that's the only message I came to give today. God wants to work with you. God for you. God in you. God wants to work with you. To create. Jesus in me, yes. But Jesus in me needs to be Jesus through me. And it never happens unless I'm willing to say, show me. Y'all track with me now. This is the story that happened yesterday. I know y'all tired, but y'all just track with me. Pulled into the church parking lot up in Myrtle coat on, pulled out, pull up, uh, got out of the car, and there were three or four vehicles I didn't recognize. And another guy pulled in, and he got out. He's a black fella. He stood up. He walked toward me. I walked toward him. We said, hey. Introduced each other. And he said, well, someone's moving across the street. I said, that's good. Y'all got anybody to help you move? You got enough people to help? He said, yeah, I'll tell them. And that was it. No more conversation. I went to church. A few minutes later, every vehicle in that parking lot was pulling out of the church parking lot and going to the curb. Every single one of them. And oh, I felt ten kinds of guilty for two reasons. Two reasons. Number one, all of a sudden I felt like that fella thought I was being a bad neighbor, which is bad enough. But even worse, I thought that fella thought, well, this, this white guy. You can call me a lot of names, but to be called a bigot, mm, mm, it tore me up. And when I left the church, here, here, came an, here, here, here was an uh, older black woman with a, a young relative walking through. First thing she said to me, I'm, ki I'm not kidding you, ten minutes later, she coming through the parking lot, ten minutes later, she said, I'm sorry, I'm trespassing. I said, we're not doing this again. I said, come, come here. I said, you are not trespassing. I would cut through as much as you're cutting through. You cut through anytime you want to. She said, I thought about coming to this church. I said, you come anytime you want to. This is yours as much as it is anybody. She went on through. She said, God bless you. I said, God bless you. I said, I'm going over to that house now. And I went over there, and the guy that was moving said, how's it going? I said, well, maybe in an apology or an explanation or something. And I told him my side, and they told me their side, and they thought the church was getting ready to have an event. I said, I wasn't trying to tell anybody not to park there. I just wondered about the cars. And we had a good laugh. And I left, and I said, dear God, that's life. And you go in the worst circumstance beyond just a misunderstanding to say he doesn't like me because I'm black, he doesn't like me because I'm white, or worse. And all you have to do is what? Sit and talk, sit and listen to each other. Is life that easy? You bet it's not. Are there things that are crying out for answers that are not easy to answer? You, should, you better know there are. But at the end of the day, if you and I who call ourselves followers of Jesus 
cannot learn what it means to accept one another, to welcome one another, to offer in some humble way the fruit of the Spirit. What are we doing here? We might as well just go fishing or go bowling or go on back to Arkansas or whatever and just quit this game of calling it church because it ain't a church. The only thing that confirms a church's existence is people who are able to say, let me show you some of the kindness that I have received in some way in my own life. And everything else is just smoke and mirrors. Fruit of the Spirit. It's not just nice poetry. Although it is, it's some of the most beautiful poetry in the whole book. It's not just something to pass a few minutes' time. It is the statement that Jesus in me can be Jesus through me. And through me can begin to make this world a different place. You want to know what it means to be a spiritual person? You want to know what it means to be spiritual people? It doesn't mean being in the house, although that helps. It doesn't mean memorizing books, as wonderful as that was, or memorizing verses. And if you want to memorize verses, Galatians 5 is a good place to start with through the Spirit, easy. What it means is that the very life of Jesus is working its way through me to take this old world and to make it something new. You say, how long? I wish I knew. How long? I don't know. But I will tell you that a room full of people, full of the Spirit, You got something. A room full of people, full of the Spirit. You got something. Uh. Tired of religion? Me too. Tired of the same old, same old? I'm right there with you. Tired of the fruit? Never happened. And always remember, the more you give, the more it comes back. May we be fruit people in a starving land. In Jesus' name we pray. God help us. It's a complicated world. Full of disagreements. Full of hostility. Full of a lot of junk. And yet, the poet is right. That the world is so full of a number of things. I'm sure we should all be as happy as kings. Help us to get tired enough with the same old, same old. That we will reach out. And take the gift of Jesus for ourselves and let it grow. It's in His name we pray, our Father. Amen. Come on. If you're here this morning and you say, I need a church, we'd love to have you. It is not a perfect church. Thanks for tuning in to A Quick Word, brought to you by Ebenezer United Methodist Church. If you'd like to join us in person, Sunday worship is at 9, Sunday school at 10, Sunday evening Bible study at 4. Our youth group meets at 5.30 on Wednesday evenings. Come and check us out. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.